helping church leaders amplify their impact and reach their communities. This is the Amplified Impact Podcast. Hey, digital communicators, welcome to the Amplified Impact Podcast, where we help church leaders like you amplify their impact and reach their communities. I'm John Falk, also known as Johnny Flash, and I'm your host. And this is episode number 13, Less Chaos, Less Noise with Kem Meyer. Now, you're going to really love this interview with Kem because it's all about church communication and cutting through the noise. And she shares a ton of wisdom. So stay tuned uh, for my interview. You're going to love it. Now, for those of you that don't know, it's been a busy last few weeks for me. Uh, Earlier this month, I was up in Chicago speaking to a group of church leaders, um, and we had a blast. It was so much fun talking about ways to attract people to your church and social media engagement, and it was just a lot of fun. And one of the questions that I got over and over again by several people that were there was, how do you build a church communication strategy? Not just a church communication strategy, but... How do you build a comprehensive church communication strategy that that works? Because, you know, I think we all in the back of our mind when we're making social media posts and we're putting things together, we all kind of wonder, like, are we going to get to the end of 2018 and wonder whether all of the stuff that we've done, all the communication we've put out, all the social media posts we've made, all the different things we've printed and different things we've put on our website Are we going to be able to tell if those things made a difference? Are we going to just feel like, man, we put out a lot of content, but I'm not sure if it really made a difference, right? And so that's what these people were asking was, how do we have a communication strategy so that we can get to the end of 2018 and know that we really made a difference, that the stuff that we did mattered and and reached more people? So last week I did an online webinar and it was packed out and it was so great because we just took a behind the scenes look at a church communication playbook and blueprint and you all asked a lot of good questions. I know a lot of you were on there and it was just a great time and and many of you were asking, okay, now what's the next step? Now what do I need to do next? How do I get my church branding to be really tight? How do we tell our story better? How do we tell stories better just in general? How do we have more social media engagement? How do we put the systems and the processes in place to make our church really uh, shine and to really communicate better with the people that we're trying to reach? And so I'm excited to announce that we're going to do a series of live online workshops to help you do all of those things. And so we're keeping these very small and intimate because I want to really make sure that I'm able to help each person, each church um, that wants to kind of go through this. And so um, I think there's just a few spaces left. If you want to um, go check it out and and maybe be a part of our small group that's going to go through and and just really amp up your church communication in all of these different areas, uh, then go to amplifiedimpact.org slash workshops and there you'll see the information on how to register and and the cost involved and all that. But it's going to be great. I'm so excited. Uh, we're almost full and they're going to be starting here shortly. So uh, if you want to take advantage, if you want to get into one of those last seats, go over there. Uh, check that out. I think you're going to really find these helpful and practical. 
Now, as always, uh, while you're at AmplifiedImpact.org, uh, you can get the show notes for this episode. There's a video version, um, and you can also check out the 101 Ways to Attract More Visitors videos that we've been putting out and all the content related to those. And of course, if you don't want to miss an episode of this podcast, go over to iTunes, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review there. That always uh, makes my day when I get to read those reviews and, and see people uh you know, just appreciating the content that we're putting out. So let's get right to it. Kim Meyer is a communications expert with over 30 years of experience. She is the author of Less Chaos, Less Noise, which is all about effective communication for an effective church. She has written articles and she is someone that I've personally uh, looked up to over the years to help improve my communication. So here's my interview with Kim. Hey, Kim, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, super fun. Hey, so for those that don't maybe know your background and kind of what, you, what you've done over the years, why don't you just give kind of an overview of, of where you've been, what you've done, and, and kind of let people know who you are. Well, John, I've been working on this elevator speech for a long time. I still haven't <laughs> got it figured out, so we'll try it again right now, okay? <laughs> so basically, I've been in full-time communications for over 30 years, which that feels weird to say because I feel like I've been on the planet for like 30 minutes. And so how can I be doing something for 30 years? But, uh, and about half of that time was in the marketplace. I worked in global financial company and ad agencies, you know, just your standard secular corporate marketing, advertising, PR. And then after about 15 years, I jumped to the other side of the wall and cashed in everything and joined my staff team at my church and ran communications and IT and was in that church space for about 15 years as well. And so you learn a lot when you spend about, you know, two tours of duty on both sides of that wall. And just a few years ago, I passed the baton um, and stepped out of that full-time operational role, and, and now I'm just helping as a consultant, where I'm on the outside and helping other people be more effective in their communication. So I'd say about 70% of the people I work with are church leaders or not-for-profits, and then about 30% is businesses, that I work with businesses uh, and it keeps me sharp on both angles. We have stuff to learn from from each other, you know. Yeah, so I sure. usually get calls when there's a pain point. You know, they have a staffing problem, they have a marketing problem, they have a budget problem, they have a connection problem with their growth or their audience, and and usually they think it's a oh we have a marketing problem, or we have a communication problem, and and it's always really it's all about alignment. And everything communicates. So I'll come in and help them untangle their own knots and help them stop tripping over their own rope and use what they've got better. Um, so sometimes it's working with the executive team. Sometimes it's helping onboard somebody who's new to their role. And sometimes it's coming in and um, just brainstorming with an existing team, small and large. It's just I really, I really love being that encouragement and that reality check for people, you know. I need that. Yeah, yeah. So... That's what I'm doing. So that, I get to choose the blackout dates on my calendar. <laughs> that's awesome. I know that's great. And you've you've been uh, you've been a mentor to me from afar um, through your books and through your work at you know your church and everything over the years. And I really appreciate that you you do bring kind of a you just a great balance of kind of church you know experience and being in there, but then also 
work experience and business and kind of how how those you know sometimes in the church world we just get too far into the church world and we we our hand our head yeah. needs to be like pulled out of the sand to see what's going on so I've always appreciated about that that about you and so I just wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit because we've got a lot of pastors and church leaders listening uh, you know and just pick your brain about church communications obviously it's changed a lot over the years but um, you know what when it comes to a church communication strategy and churches trying to reach their community like where do they even start it's you know it's 2018 like what what where do you begin yeah oh that's a really great question why don't you start with like the hardest one you could come up with no that's, I'm just kidding <laughs> no that's a great question I really think uh, we just need to simplify I don't care if you're planting a church or if you're a giant church that things have spun out of control you need to stop and say okay great who's in our community that we're serving and what questions and needs do they have great how are we going to meet them great how are they going to find us great once they're here, how are they going to find their way around and use the things we have to offer? Great. And just keeping that outsider perspective and keeping things simple. Um, and I guess if we make a commitment, like whatever we put in place, you know, you're going to put together policies and you're going to have automation and you're going to have systems and that's all great. But the goal in communication is never to automate or sterilize everything. We can't take away the human component. So go ahead and put in some workflow and go ahead and automate some stuff and go ahead and put in some systems and hire some great or get some great volunteers that do graphics and videos, but never, never, never stop testing your product and getting feedback from actual users and getting feedback from people who are experiencing it the first time because we start to grow it into something that people can't use. And it just makes sense for us, and it makes our life easy, and then we wonder why people can't connect. So if you ask me where to start, like if you said, John, I'm planting a church tomorrow. I need to start with a communication strategy. What's the first thing I do? I'd say find yourself a customer advocate. Either that's going to be an advisor to you, it's going to be a sounding board, or it's going to be a staff person. And then give them empowerment to go around and point to the things that are not helping you put your best foot forward with your audience. Because so much of what we do is subjective. It's like, oh, that's a great graphic. Oh, that's a great video. Oh, we just installed new LED lights in our auditorium. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got excellent worship. Great. Have you tested any of that with your actual audience? Because I work with hundreds of churches and um, and many times they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, we're really, we're relevant and we make disciples and we have, you know, uh, engaging worship. And I was like, okay, the last 10 churches I talked to this week all said the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And so how do you know? When's the last time you went outside your church, right? Like, so I would say you start by making sure you have somebody on your team, paid or unpaid, that has a safe place to test what you're doing. And then all the decisions you make past that about your marketing, about your website, about your series promotion, about your wayfinding, it's all going to be geared to actually make life easier and better for your customer, not easier and better for you. Hmm. That, that's good. I, I want to pull on this. Yeah, I want to pull on this feedback thread a little bit more because I think, you know, 
when I was on staff at a church, and I'm sure you experienced this, right? There's these these challenge of getting good feedback, right? Because sometimes we just want to kind of do our own thing, and we we're, we're turning a blind eye to it, and we we're not taking the feedback. And then other time we get the the squeaky wheels, where it's like, hey, it is actually really amazing, but you're getting that one or two emails from those people that don't like that you whatever, have a hazer or, you know, something new that's been introduced that most people don't mind or, or actually like, but they don't like the new lights or they don't like this or that. So how do you, how do you balance kind of the, you know, just going like this versus, you know, the squeaky wheel and kind of get feedback that you can actually use and, and know that it's kind of coming from that a place is. of the majority, right? Yes. Oh my gosh, such a smart question. I'm really glad you pressed into that. Because it's not running around, that customer advocate is not running around trying to get consensus, right? And making sure everybody's happy and everybody likes everything. You have to identify who is our audience and if we're successful, what happens, right? So is our audience young families? Is our audience a mature empty nester? Is our audience highly educated or is our audience um, street smart blue collar workers? Who is in our community that we're serving and loving and caring for? So once you define that audience, then you've got to define, well, what's the win for communications? What is that win? And many times that's where things go wrong because bad things start with a bad definition. So you got to get a good definition. Well, what is effective communications? It's making things easy to find, use, and share. That's how people engage. Can I find it? Can I use it? And how do I share it? So when somebody says, oh, well, our communications is good at our church because we have excellent graphics. All right, well, who defines excellence? Yeah. And you can create you can you can design a hundred great logos and put everything in color process and you can have a video for every ministry that doesn't make it excellent because you can't use it and it's confusing and people who come to the church don't understand what's important so when there's an actual flow and people know how to find their way like that's effective communication so when you define that that win gosh we're really doing our job when uh, when people can find what they're looking for and when they don't know the answers, they know where to go find it. And when they do find it, it's easy to use. Great. That changes the win. Sometimes that means we need to market something. You know, we need to actually put promotions around it and we need to do some blitzes and some campaigns. Sometimes it means we just need to have good signage. Not everything is promotions. You know, some of it is self-serve, you know, and What's a trustworthy source where I find the information? Uh, as a parent, let's just take one like let's take one example. As a parent, uh, when you have kids in in your church, like there was a season where I had kids in in um, the kids program, the middle school program, and the high school program, and I was being bombarded from that church, uh, my church that I was actually on staff with <laughs> as a communications director. So this is my problem too, but I got to see it in a new vantage point as a new customer, being a parent with kids in all three age groups. I got mailings from all these different ministries. I got calendars from all these different ministries. I was getting bombarded with ways to help and different programs from all these different ministries. I felt like the church wasn't looking out for me as a family and saying, hey, 
here's the macro things we have available for your family. And here's how to group it together for each age group. And here's the service opportunities, and here's the events, and here's the resources for you as a parent. But I was just being bombarded on all, by all these one-offs. So when it hit my radar as a real pain point for our guests, then I dove in and said, hey, how do we smooth this out? Yep, we're still going to have those individual departments in our church, but how do we collaborate and speak with one voice to our families? And so the win wasn't who has the coolest flyer or who has the coolest Facebook page or who can create the most compelling, captivating video because we're just not in charge of all that. People are they're only going to see what they're looking for and we can dazzle and we can run around with a glitter top hat and they're going to walk right past us if we're not meeting their needs because they're in survival mode. Yeah, yeah. So finding the win for communications and figuring out hey, what's just information we need to make easy to find? What's actual marketing? What's advertising? And you know what? What's customer service? Because nothing, nothing does better than equipping the people who are at the church to serve our congregation better. That's the best advertising we could do. Because people walk away and they're like, I felt loved. I felt cared for. That was an unexpected experience. And I go tell my friends. Hmm, hmm. The postcard doesn't make me tell my friends as much as that. Right, right. So it's a better investment in our communication strategy by investing in our people to serve better and to think, you know, about the customer than it is to just hire another videographer. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think you bring up a good point because I think in churches, it's it's so easy to just add information, to add more emails, to add more, you know, postcards and calendars and videos and all this, you know, web pages and I think, you know, at least what I've observed working with a lot of churches, I'm sure you've seen this, is that churches have an easy time starting the new program, adding the new communication channel, whatever it is, but it's really hard to like cut things, right? It's really hard to say, hey, we're just not going to have that anymore. We're not going to have that ministry. We're not going to have that program. We're not going to have that communication channel. We're not going to do it like we've been doing it. And so... Um, there's a there's a quote um, I know you're familiar with it called you know, from Hans Hoffman that says the ability to simplify means to eliminate the unnecessary so the necessary may speak right and it's like we take for granted companies like Apple that do a really good job of actually eliminating things before people are quite ready for it you know kind of making room for the future and what they want to do and so talk a little bit about that and how churches can do that like how they can simplify and reduce. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, e that's easy. And I'm glad you brought that up. There's things that we start that it's really great when we start it. But over time, things change. And we add more and culture changes and there's more competition and things are happening around us. And so it's a little bit like our closet, right? We accumulate, 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 shove stuff in there. And it's not that any of that stuff is bad, but it gets to a point where it's so cluttered. We can't find the stuff that's in there. There's some stuff that's out of date. It was like rocking when we got it, but it is out of date now. And uh, we look foolish because we keep wearing it. And so every once in a while, like once a year, we need to clean out our closets at home. And we also need to clean out and do some type of audit with our communications. So you talk about the newsletters and you talk about the Facebook pages and you talk about the social streams. At least once a year, we need to kind of stop take inventory, and then ask ourselves, 
how are these things working? Are people using them we intended them to? Are they still helpful? Because just because they were a good idea uh, 12 months ago or, or two years ago, it doesn't mean they have an endless life cycle. I mean, sometimes they serve a season and then we retire them and introduce something new. Sometimes, over time, we've accumulated a bunch that just need to be bundled into macro categories instead of a bunch of individual inventory items. And so I really think it helps us if we just look at, okay, what's everything we have objectively? Okay, are, can any of these be grouped instead of uh, it all just spread out everywhere? Just like when you go to move, you, you make three piles or uh, just like let's group like things together. Would that make it easier for me? Or are there some things that people aren't using like they used to or like we thought we were? So we can troubleshoot, is it a problem on our end? You know, it's a broken link. Is it a broken system? Is it broken messaging? Or is it just not a need anymore? Um, I worked with a church this year, John. It was really sad. Um, they, they were investing so much time and so much energy, and they had so much frustration and so much emotion because people weren't coming to the Wednesday night dinners like they used to. And people weren't uh, coming to family night on Sundays like they used to. This was an amazing church that had been there for 100 years, and they were holding on to things that met a need in the community 50 years ago. Right, right. And I'm like, I, I, I would come to that dinner on Wednesday night if my kids didn't have meetings at the school, right? Yeah. They didn't have meetings at the school when you had these family dinners. Also, your community has grown by 700%. You're one of the fastest growing communities in your state. And so you're not the only church in town. You're not the only option in town like you used to be. You met a need. So what's the need now that you can meet? It's not that people in your community don't care about God or church anymore. It's that you're making it hard for them to engage. I love those Wednesday night dinners. I love those Sunday family days. But they're not working. They're incompatible with the community you're living in. Yeah. So yeah. what would that you know? Yeah. Well, and it's just so hard because people attach their identity to a program. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. They attach their identity to a program. They're, they don't want to, they like what it's always been. And I think you bring up a good point with even the analogy of the closet. And I think, you know, there may be some people listening where they don't have control over the whole closet, right? Maybe they're just a ministry leader in one part of the church. Uh, maybe they're kind of empowered to do some communication stuff, but they don't have the authority to just, um, you know, kind of look at the whole closet and make a decision on what needs to go, what needs to be bundled. So um, can you speak to those that are maybe are find themselves like sharing a closet with five or six or seven or eight others and they're trying to affect change with the communication and the information overload and they're, they're just not sure how they can make a difference? You are so good. So that's so insightful. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm really glad you're asking really good questions, John, because um, sometimes I'll have a tendency to just talk about these concepts and forget what that real struggle is, right? And you brought up a really good struggle. It's like, I can see it, but that closet's not mine. I'm sharing it. Yeah. I can't just start throwing everything out. And so uh, that's really good. 
Uh, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. One, you may not have the power um, to do it, but you always have the power to propose, right? So if you see a problem, kind of take assessment, define the current reality, be able to define, hey, what is the consequence? Like what, what's the missed opportunities that we have because of this? And what's an easy next step? And so I'll give you an example. I mean, I was not in charge of our children and uh, youth group program. I was not, that was not my domain. I was not the boss of that at all. But I was able to come and say, I've got some stories. I've gotten to see how some of the things we're doing are playing out in the wild. And I just want to share that with you, one, as a parent, and then also with some of the parents that I'm doing life with in my neighborhood that don't go to our church. And here's what we're facing. And so, uh, and immediately, you know, all these individual ministry leaders might get like defensive or go on edge because they think, oh, no, you're going to change everything I do. You're going to disrupt my systems because they've got their ecosystem. They've got their teams. They've got their things working. And so the minute you start coming in there, they're thinking, how am I going to survive? I'm barely keeping up. Don't go rocking the boat. So I need to think that through. And I need to think, how can this change be easy for them where I cause the least amount of disruption for the things that are working for them, but, but a bigger change for our audience? So I would come with proposals like, hey, how about we get together at least once a quarter and share stories about like what's happening in each of these ministries so that let me, let me speak into it and see what the commonalities are. There's so much cross-promotion that are available to us that we're not taking advantage of. And so if we can just sit in the room for 30 minutes and have a sandwich and I can hear what's on the children's schedule and on the middle school schedule and on the high school schedule, I'll come up with ideas for cross-promotion. So instead of four flyers that we send out or four newsletters, what if we sent out one email that said everything that's available for your family this summer? What if we put together a refrigerator calendar for families that had everything for every age group on there? So instead of creating 10 pieces, we're creating one really usable one that serves families. And, it, and it's harder to get lost. And you don't have to change a thing. I just need you for a meeting and let me listen to everything that's going on. And then the dots, and they're just sitting there listening. Wait, you guys are getting, well, did you know we're doing this over there? These could, we could actually help each other. Yeah, And you start looking at the shared resources. So I, I just had to get the right people in the room to hear from each other without imposing change. And they started throwing problems on their own. And then as I listened and was able to say, hey, what if, what if we did this instead of this? I'm not taking anything away from them. I'm giving them something back. And so that's, that's one idea, yeah. right? Um, no, that's good. It's that's so good. good to come forward with that. Um, when you have stats and people are like, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. Sometimes you've got to bring, all right, I need you to see that we are having, you know, the increase in our opt-outs, the increase in our bounce-backs, and the decrease in our click-throughs in our newsletter. It shows that the win is not that we're sending out 20,000 emails. Yeah. Because the actual engagement of those emails is this much. So... People get a false sense of confidence. They think, well, we're, we're sending this out. It's reaching 20,000 people. Our mailing list is 20,000 people. It's reaching 20,000 people. you got to bring the stats and show people it's actually not reaching 20,000 people. Right. Not that many people are opening it. Less people are clicking. Yeah. Yes. 
And so it's up to us to bring those facts, but we can't bring those facts without an alternative and say, okay, so because of this, here's an idea, and why don't we try it? Let's try it for six weeks and see what we learn. Because people are much more, if you say, let me take all these clothes out of the closet and take it to Goodwill, people are like, no, 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 no. If you say, let me take all these clothes out of the closet and let me put them in a box. Let me just let me just put them in the garage and see if we still need them. And if you miss them in six weeks, we'll put them back. Hmm. You know. Yeah. But if you don't, let's go donate them to Goodwill, and we can do something like that with our communication things, right? Right. No, I think that's that metaphor. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I think you know the collaboration with other leaders to come up with different cross promotions. uh, You know, trying to figure out. Hey, is there some way that we can propose a change, maybe using analytics to, uh, you know, kind of reinforce what we're trying to communicate or trying to, you know, an area that we're trying to infect change. I know one time at my church, I was trying to, I wasn't in charge of the calendar and we were on this antiquated calendaring room system that was just chaotic and it wasn't my area to to necessarily change, but it was something that affected everyone. And I knew that this was not a good way for us to be communicating back and forth about all these things. And so I I, I kind of went to the different people that used the calendar the most that had the highest stakes in it. And I was basically trying to figure out what they liked about it and what they didn't like about it so that I could then, with that information from these key people, find a solution that would actually meet their needs better uh, and, and that they would be willing to try, right? Because that's always the scary part is like, hey, even though this doesn't work that well, I'm used to it and I don't want to change, you know? And so you have to kind of be their um, safe pair of hands, right? To walk them through and kind of help them understand like, hey, this is actually going to be a lot better and we just, let's give it a try. And I like what you said there about that. Um all right. Well, hey, on your in your book, I'm just gonna um, your book, uh, less chaos, less noise. And I know you kind of uh, updated it from you know when you had originally published it to a year, year and a half ago, whatever. Kind of re-released it. And I love I love the new content that you have in there and everything. Uh, I just want to read something on page uh, 44. You make some points that I think are really helpful. I think kind of lend to what we've been talking about. Um, you say the more events you promote, the less important each event becomes. The more promises you make, the lower the chance you can deliver. The more announcements from a platform, the less people hear. The more handouts you add to the pile, the harder it is for people to find what they're looking for. The more space filler posts you publish on to your Facebook account, the more out of touch each update is perceived to be. And I, I think that just that hits on so many things. Um, and so just talk a little bit about that kind of, you know, boiling it down to what really matters and, and deciding how to, you know, do those things, how to go from five announcements to one announcement or two announcements so that people actually hear it and they're not on their phone for those five or 10 minutes (laughs) of the service, you know, totally tuned out. I'll tell you, um, I'm the worst. I really am the worst at uh, editing my own content. Um, if you left it to me and I looked at everything we wanted to share, I wouldn't know how to prioritize. I would say, oh, let's get those five announcements because they're all good. Uh, and so we need help with that. I would need a filter or a compass or I'd need outside voice. 
And so sometimes I wouldn't have that. And so we've all got to find a way to get outside of ourselves where we can step away, like step outside the frame so we can see the whole picture. And one of the, the best tools that I found is if we just like stop looking in our own environment for a second and just like what is life like in the real world? And what are things that work for us and things that don't work for us? So uh, if you have kids in school, you know what it's like to get mountains of paperwork sent home from every teacher, every organization, and trying to make sense of all of that. And so it's crazy. Think, Gosh, it's crazy. what would be... Yes, it's so crazy. And uh, believe me, I, I tried to help my school with that, and I failed. I was <laughs> ran out of town. They did not want my help. So I thought, I can save you. They did not want saved. So, um, <laughs> but like, so, so if you, if we go and we think of our worst experience outside the church in our own life or what it's like navigating at our bank or what it's like when we go shopping and we have bad experiences, we need to stop and ask ourselves, wait, where are we doing this in our organization? Or if I'm invited to a parent meeting at school or if I'm invited to a neighborhood meeting and I catch myself like on my phone or I catch myself leaning back and getting bored or frustrated that somebody wasted my time, I got to stop and say, wait, what's happening here that I'm doing? And the opposite's true. When something's great and I'm like, my time felt valued, this was easy, I want to lean in, I actually want to help, I want to rearrange my calendar, I need to identify what was it that happened, and I need to make sure I have those ingredients. So um, some of those examples would be, don't invite me to a mandatory parent meeting and just give me a handout that I could have downloaded and printed myself. Right. My time is precious. Hmm. If you're going to have me come to an in-person meeting, an informational meeting, then make it worth my time. Feed me or um, make it an opportunity for me to bond with my kids or something like that. I mean, there has to be a unique value, right? Yeah. Um, uh, another example would be I went to a swim team parent meeting and somebody stood up and the whole time, she just kept saying, I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I'm going to need, there's, there's, I can't do this alone. I'm going to need your help. And like, I wasn't motivated to help her, right? I was like, I'm busy too, lady. Like, we're all just trying, we're yeah. just all trying to survive here. Uh, your martyr complex is not motivating me to sign up. Uh, but I came back the next year, and I don't know what had changed because it was the same woman. And she stood up, and she told stories. And she said, this is how swim team has changed my kid's life. This is how our summer was better because we had swim team. These are the people I met. And she's like, now, how, did, how can your family jump in and get involved? There's like 10 different ways. You pick what works best for you. And I couldn't wait to jump in. And so then I started thinking, all right, where am I really leading lame meetings? You know, so I think getting that outsider's perspective to look at our own stuff helps us simplify, edit, know what to cut. And if you really need to help yourself, it's telling yourself you're not throwing it on the editing room floor. Figure out how do you make your content like a progressive dinner. You don't have to give everybody everything at once. But how do you pull them into content that you have to offer, and then there's a next step, and there's a next step. So you can shrink your newsletter where you've just got excerpts and actually leave little cliffhangers 
where they click the link to go read the rest. You know, it's okay to do that. And then when they when they land on the web the web page about the event, give them just the basics. But when they register, send them a PDF of everything they need to know. Or if you share an excerpt that leads them to a Facebook page that has customer testimonials, it's even better. But let it be a progressive dinner where you can use all that content, not just in one place all at once. That's that's a way that to eat here too. Hmm. I'm, I'm thinking back about all the progressive dinners that I went to and how much fun they were and how you were just excited to go to the <laughs> yeah. next step because you didn't know exactly what they were going to serve and it was a different house and it was just uh, so you're bringing back all these warm, fuzzy feelings for me, uh, <laughs> which, which is great. All right. Well, hey, I can I, I can relate to you in so many ways and I could just a- keep asking you questions, but um, let's move on to our amplified impact speed round. I'm just going to kind of fire off a few questions. You can kind of just, uh, you know, short answers to, to help people here. So uh, what's one thing that you've done or you've seen done at the churches you're helping uh, attract new visitors to church that worked really well? Anything that has to do with current events or unusual topics that nobody else will talk about. That's great. That's great. Oh, definitely. Uh, what's your favorite tool for ministry, like an app or a website or just a tool or program, something like that? Uh, for ministry or for me? Uh, whatever. Give us what you got. Yeah. Well, I think these both apply. I like, uh, first of all, I like the Blinkist app where it just, uh, it's like audio books or book summaries. So it kind of highlights just the main points and the key takeaways. And so I get through a lot more books uh, than I would without it. And uh, so I like Blinkist. And then I also like the Skim app where every day I'm getting kind of all the news in the world and all the categories compressed into one email. Uh, where I at least get the highlights of current events and what people are talking about. Hmm. No, those are, I haven't used either of those, so I'll have to go check those out. That sounds great. Um, any ideas for empowering church members to invite their friends? Yeah. Uh, I've kind of, I'm kind of opinionated about this one. Yes, because, please. please. Uh, <laughs> and I'll keep it short. I think, first of all, you just need to be a good friend, right? Just be a good friend to people. And the first thing to do when you're a good friend isn't always to invite them to church. So if you're a good friend, how about we just listen and, um, and then when something pops up, either a program or a topic that relates to their life, well, then it makes sense to invite them. Or uh, live out the things we're learning at church and take church outside the walls. And uh, they'll start to ask questions and um, and I think we need to work harder at that because we're trying to short circuit being a good friend and we're just trying to get into church to, for church to do the job. Well, we need to do our job outside the church. Yeah. But so that true. being said, that being said, there is one thing you can do. And, uh, I think honestly, friends of yours say, Hey, like let's meet at church and grab lunch together or let's meet at church and then go watch the game. Or let's meet at church and then go see a movie. Um, people are much more likely to meet you there because they know it's part of your life if there's a reward for them afterwards, <laughs> like food or or a game. Uh, so that's another way, you know. Um, but if don't invite them, if there's, I mean, 
attending a church service is not going to solve every problem in their life. Right, right. And so she's a good friend and, and then help bring context to that. Yeah, no, that's that's so great. That's so great. Hey, so um, who do you think I should interview next on the podcast? Uh, somebody that doesn't go to church and ask them why. Hmm. Hmm. Got anybody? Got anybody uh, in your neighborhood that I should uh, <laughs> that I should ask? Uh, do you? Do you have anybody in your neighborhood? Um, I do have, I do have some neighbors, one particular neighbor that I'm thinking of that would be interesting to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have to have free form. I mean, yeah, I've got, I've got people in my life, you know, um, that aren't necessarily hostile towards church, but they're friends of mine and they just think it's not relevant. You know, they're just like, that's great. It's good for you. Uh, but it's just really out of touch. And so. Um, I think that all of us should try to give friends like that space in our life um, to answer questions because we get a lot of good insight and some of it's painful. I mean, yeah. sometimes uh, I've asked friends that I'm like, man, that's, that's ouchy, but uh, that's true. I just, uh, I'm too close to it. Another thing you could do is maybe uh, invite one of your local business leaders um, to the podcast and just ask them some questions about customer service and, prioritizing because sometimes when we listen to somebody just in our community uh it gives us new insight to what we're doing yeah those are great ideas thanks kim kim uh for how can people connect with you if they want to um you know connect with what you're doing you know maybe even share just a little bit about what you're doing these days and and how people can connect with you yeah i say the place to start probably is to just go to uh kemmeyer.com K-E-M-M-E-Y-E-R.com. I've got a few articles out there. Um, I'm spending so much more time on my client work, um, not as prolific, but that's okay because there's so much good content out there. So when I find it, I'll link to it too. But I've got a couple of downloadable resources, like the only two documents you need to write a communication strategy might be a good start for someone. Um, And then you can also jump over to Facebook. You know, I'm on Facebook too easy to find. You can look for less chaos, less noise, or you can look for me and you'll find me. Cool. Kim, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I'm so glad that we could finally catch up and uh, it's, it's great to share these insights. So thank you so much. Yeah, I love what you're doing. Love it. Wow. What a great interview. I really enjoyed my time with Kim. I found myself being able to relate with to her as just somebody who's served at a church for a long time and now is helping churches from the outside. I could just really relate and resonate with her story and where she's been and what she's doing now. And I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I did because it was great. And if you haven't read her book, you need to go wherever books are sold. Go on Amazon and get your copy of Less Chaos, Less Noise. It's just it's like a foundational book on church communication. I think you'll find it really helpful. She has great insights in there. Uh, she's just fantastic. I love what she does. And so go over and visit kemmeyer.com. She's got some great articles and resources on there as well. And don't forget to go over to amplifiedimpact.org and uh, see all the resources that we're putting out. I think you'll find them really helpful. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. It's always so much fun hanging out with you, and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Uh, Until next time, amp it up.